0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Mission View Church. My name is Matt Halp. I'm the lead pastor here. If this is your first time here on a Sunday morning, welcome. So glad you came to join us for worship this morning. Hopefully, you enjoyed worship as much as I did. Man, I think I'm a little hoarse already just from singing along with the songs. But, um, anyways, we're, uh, we're right in the middle of a series called Miracle Working God. We've been in the book of Mark looking at the miracles that Jesus did. It's been amazing to see. Uh, really kind of a, a common theme that we've seen in these miracles is God's compassion and kindness and mercy in the person of Jesus Christ. Just this powerful love that God has for people. We've seen Jesus go to people. Like last week we talked about this Pharisee, this leader in the synagogue who was an enemy of, of Jesus. Who These were the guys who plotted to kill Jesus. And this, this leader of the synagogue, this Pharisee, comes to, to Jesus and, and Jesus goes with them. Not only does he go with them without even asking a question or, or anything like that, he goes with them and raises his daughter from the dead. We see this great compassion, this mercy, grace in, in Christ. Just this amazing love that God has for people. So uh, we've been just looking at all these different miracles. And today we're going to be in Mark chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter 6. It was just great to see the video this morning too. Ramazan in Turkey, just a great brother in Christ. Uh, He's one of our missionaries I probably spent the most time with. I just tell you, the guy just loves Jesus. And I know that he preaches the gospel every week, that they're hearing the gospel, and they're seeing great things. For him, like what he shared today, uh, those are kind of things that he doesn't really share all that often. He's not somebody to kind of blow things up and make it sound like it's amazing. So what he shared today is an amazing things that God's doing in Turkey. So I just want to encourage you to pray along with us as we pray for Amazon And 24 people coming to Christ, just miraculous things that God's doing in Turkey. And I, quite honestly, you know what? I'd like to see that here. 24 people coming to Christ over over the next month or so. Why don't we start praying that for that here at Mission View Church? Amen that we would see that kind of work uh, through God here at our church as well. But let's pray for Ramazan, his family, especially Karen, what she's going through as well. So just really excited to see a church in Turkey that's planting churches. Uh, if you're new to Mission View Church, that's, that's our vision as well. We believe that, that, that the church is this beautiful work that, that God intends to reveal his love and grace and the person of Jesus through the church and we know that here the church isn't some building. The church isn't a building. The church is a people. We are the church. Just look around this room real quick. Look to your left, look to your right. It's that awkward 30 seconds here, right? This, you're looking around. This is, this is the church. You're looking at your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the church, and we want to be a church that plants churches and we support missionaries that are pastoring churches or we support church planters all over the world and that's what we want to see in fact January of this year the elders announced that in three years we want to to do our first church plant and we don't know where that's going to be we don't know who's going to do that work but we trust that God is leading us that direction and where the Lord leads, the Lord provides. So he's going to provide a, a leader for that, and we're excited to be a church that plants other churches and sees kingdom work happening, not just here in North Canton, not just in Turkey and in Israel and all these other places, but everywhere that the church, the people of God go, the work of God follows. Amen? Amen. All right, are you in Mark chapter 6 yet? All right, hopefully you're there. This, this whole idea of planting churches, this whole idea of the gospel... Or good news, if you're hearing that word gospel for the first time, gospel just means good news. This whole idea of good news about Jesus Christ really finds its foundations in a word that has is, is, is kind of been convoluted. It's kind of just been watered down. and kind of been misinterpreted and reinterpreted differently, and it's the word truth. If you're taking notes, you might just want to write that word down. T-R-U-T-H. Truth. Truth is something I believe that people are desperately Looking for Today, we're going to look at three different accounts, two in the life of Jesus and one in the life of his cousin, John the Baptist. In all three of these instances, there's disbelief or unbelief, there's ignoring or total disregard, and even attack and physical violence because the truth was spoken. Now, sadly, we live in a very similar society today where truth has become hate speech. It didn't start out that way, though. It started with the question, What is truth? When we answer that question wrong, everything that follows, everything else that's built upon that answer, goes wrong as well. We've come to a point where people don't care what is true, they just care how they feel, or how what is said, believed, or conveyed makes them feel. We have seen so many celebrities, talk show hosts, athletes, and influencers canceled that it's impossible for us to keep count, count of. It's impossible to keep track. People are being canceled. It's almost like three, four times a day. As Christians, we have to be aware and know that we will come up against anger, cancellation, as we share our testimonies of the great work and the love of God in Christ Jesus. Even sharing the stories of our redemption, Sharing stories of our forgiveness can offend people, let alone the truth of sin and repentance. That's, that's something that we learned early on in the book of Mark as we've been going through this, that Jesus came preaching, and he came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And we're going to see that again. It re- repeats itself as, as Jesus is going to send out his apostles today, or back then here in Mark today, though. We're going to see that Jesus says, hey, go and preach, repent, repent. Go and preach repentance. You see, people's hostility and cancellations do not take away our responsibility to share the truth. In fact, I believe it increases the opportunity for us as the church to stand up for what is right, just, and true according to God's word. Now, I would dare say that we are at a point in human history where truth is what the multitudes are actually looking for, real truth. The problem is they are looking for a truth that they can manipulate, bend to their will, and use for their own desires. Now, you could do that if the truth was just words or ideas. But we know that truth isn't just words or ideas. The truth is a person, and his name is Jesus He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The world is searching for the truth. Your co-workers, your family members, your acquaintances are looking and are desperate for the truth. And we can share the truth with them. We can share Jesus with them. That's what we're going to be looking at in these three accounts today. Let's pray before we read in Mark 6. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you for your word, that your word is the truth. It is the foundation for what we believe, how we live, and what our mission and vision is. So God, we pray as we open your truth today that it would take deep root in our hearts that everyone who is listening online, everyone who is in this room, God, that I would be changed, that all of us would be changed because we have not just heard the truth, but we've met with the truth. God, that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would change our minds, would change our hearts, and would change our lives for your glory and your kingdom. We pray this and believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's pick this up in Mark chapter 6. It says, He went away from there and came to his hometown. This is Jesus. He's coming to his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were, were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? And he went about among the villages teaching. Now, the first thing I, I want us to kind of wrap our minds around here in this account in, in Christ's life, and it's the first fill-in in your notes. As you came in, you should have got a little program. There's some some note-taking section there. You can follow along that way. But the first fill-in is this: share the truth even if they don't believe. Share the truth even if they don't believe. You see, they were impressed by Jesus' teaching. They were astonished at Jesus' teaching. But they didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, they hurled insults at him. And it's easy for us to read this account and kind of glance over, gloss over what was being said to him. But when they said, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary. I mean, his sisters, brothers, they're all here. Isn't this just the carpenter? What they were doing, they were hurling insults at Jesus. They were minimizing who he was in his history Many, many theologians think that they were actually, you know, looking back at Jesus' questionable birth. They didn't even mention his father. I mean, they, they, were, they were astonished at his teaching. They were amazed by this truth-telling, this authority that he had come in with. Uh, but they didn't believe he was a Messiah, the Messiah. But get this, it didn't stop him from performing miracles. Now get this, this is crazy. Like, he could do no mighty works there, right? That's what this says. He just laid his hands on a few people and healed them. Did you pick up on that? What must his ministry have looked like? Right? If we can, if we can see here in Mark that, it, you know, he couldn't do very much. He just laid his hands on a couple people and healed them right like like if i were to like lay hands on somebody and see them healed everybody freak out right like wow that's amazing but we see this is something that's really amazing the powerful work of god through jesus christ was so supernatural so over the top so amazing that when he walked into a town and preached the truth and astonished people, when he walked into a village and laid hands on people and healed them, they were just like, oh wow, not so impressive. You should have been with him in the last village. I mean, everybody was healed. I mean, every, people, this lady was running up to him and just tried to grab his clothes and she was healed, right? That's what we talked about last week. No, this got the, the work of God in Christ Jesus was so amazing that the author of Mark looks at these miracles that are astonishing and mind-blowing and says, he could only heal a few. They let that sink in for just a second. That's who Jesus was. That's the power that he walked in. Mind-blowing. But there's more to the story, right? We see that there's There's going to be people who come and hear the truth, are astonished and and listen to things, and it it kind of hits them in certain ways, and they're not going to believe. In fact, as our society becomes more and more anti-Christian, we may even see insults hurled at us like they hurled them at Jesus. But our response should be the same as our Lord's. Jesus marveled at their unbelief. He wasn't angry. He wasn't put off or offended. He didn't bring strong word of correction or disown them. Hey, this is my own hometown. You guys, you're supposed to be the ones that got my back. This is, this is, this is my homecoming. This is the last time Jesus would be there this, in, in Christ's life. This is the last known time that he comes home to the people he grew up with, the friends, the kids he went to school with. Everybody knows their names. This, this village was probably only three to 500 people. Everybody knew everybody. And he's coming home. Could you imagine that? Last time, I'm going to make this trek home. I'm going to share this miraculous work that I am the Messiah. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going I'm to talk to Bob, my neighbor. You know, I'm, He's finally going to see. I can finally reveal this amazing truth, this new promise from God, this new relationship and covenant that I'm bringing, that I'm solidifying. And, and I can share this with everybody that I know, my closest friends Bam. Disbelief. He marveled at their disbelief. Now hear this. You might want to write this down. We are not responsible for people's responses. We are responsible to share the gospel. We're not responsible for how people react or how people hear. We're responsible to share the truth. Christian, brothers and sisters, you have been given the truth. The very Holy Spirit, God, lives inside of you. And He has changed each and every one of us miraculously. We have been, we have experienced the very powerful working of God. Every single Christian has experienced it. The life changing work that, that God does through Christ Jesus, through his spirit in us, when we come to the revelation that we are in desperate need for a savior, that every single human being needs saved from the power of sin and death and find that salvation in the person of Jesus Christ, we witness the powerful supernatural work of God. We are eyewitnesses, personal witnesses to that miraculous work, every single one of us. We share the same testimony. And that testimony is the powerful working of Jesus Christ. Salvation in Christ alone. We share that. And that miraculous work, man, you can, we cannot sit on that. We can't just let it fall aside and not talk about it. Because we, we live in a world that is desperate and dying literally dying for the truth and you have that truth his name is Jesus you're not responsible for how people respond to that truth they may not hear it they may not listen man it may be your closest friend maybe a neighbor you grew up with your entire life you're in your hometown you're not responsible for how they respond or what they say we're responsible to share that truth. Think, I want you to just remember back. Think back to that time before you met Christ. Or maybe it was a time in your life where you were, you were struggling through something so difficult, you didn't know that you would even make it to the other side. Something so hard, so painful, you were just like, I don't even, I don't even know if I can make it to next week I don't, this, this pain that I'm going through. Whatever that situation was, whatever that, that revelation of the love of God, that salvation that you met, that healing that you found, whatever it may be, think back to that time. Can you imagine not having Jesus in your life? Really, I want you to think about that for just a second. Can you imagine facing this life, this pain, this suffering, this difficulty without the power of God in your life? There are hundreds of thousands of people right next door that are doing it. They're not even doing it. They're dying it. They need Christ. They need Jesus. They need the truth, and they are desperate for it. And they may come up against it. And they may have unbelief. But that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility was given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus before he sent it into heaven. And it's called the Great Commission. That we are to go, therefore, and share the good news. That Jesus has made a way for anyone that would turn to him and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Would find salvation and hope we share the truth we share the gospel the good news that's our responsibility not their response do we hesitate to share the gospel because we're afraid of others unbelief have you ever have you ever had that moment where you're 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 maybe you're at work and it's that coworker maybe even a boss it, and you know how conversations can shift and all of a sudden you're thinking should i should i drop the jesus bomb here it's almost a four-letter word nowadays you know you maybe they're telling you about their life and their struggles and different things i had a i had a friend and, and an unbeliever and you know i was just trying to share the lord with him and um he's we we'd been friends for a long time and and I think he knew I was a Christian, but he's kind of, he was kind of, had been in church and kind of turned away from it, was really turned off by it. And we're talking and the conversation turns and I'm just like, he's kind of anti Jesus, you know. He knows where I stand, but is this where I share, is this where I kind of, is this my opportunity, Lord? Are you opening the door right now, Lord, for me to share this with him? i got to be honest, I'm a pastor. I stand here in front of hundreds of people every week and share the gospel, share the truth, and I'm just like, how's he going to respond? There was actually that question, should I share the truth, right? Should I share this hope? Like, why would I even question that? Of course I'm going to share the truth with him, right? His response isn't my responsibility. My responsibility is that I actually say something. Dude needs Jesus. (laughs) Like, he needs hope. He was going through something horrific. Man, he needs, he needs Jesus like I, like I needed Jesus. Like every single one of us who walked this life pre-Christ and experienced true hopelessness. We needed Jesus. And the world needs Jesus. Don't hesitate to share the truth. Let's pick it back up in verse 7. It says this, and he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He changed them to take nothing, charge them, I should say, charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, Shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. All right, the next filling in your notes is this. Share the truth with those who will listen. We're going to share the truth no matter what people think or how they respond And we're going to share the truth and go deeper with those that will listen. Go and share and see who listens. Christian, you got one job. You've heard me say it before. We've got one job. And it's make disciples. Make disciples. It's share the gospel. You're you're out there. This This is our lives, right? We're out there. We think to ourselves, what's What's my dream? What's what's my mission? We believe at Mission View Church, everyone has a mission. We think, what's my destiny? Like we're searching for destiny and we're searching for that mission that God has set before us. And we're thinking through, what is God's will for my life? Have you ever asked that question? What is God's will for my life? I hear it all the time as a pastor. He's like, Matt, I just want to know. I just want to be in God's will. I just want to do what God has called me to do, and I just don't know what that is. It is share the gospel. It is clear as day throughout every page in the Bible that our mission, our vision, our purpose, our very, the the will of God is to share the good news. To share the good news of Jesus Christ. We show people the love of God and share the testimony of the miraculous work God has done in each and every one of our lives. But here's the thing that we see is not everyone's gonna be receptive. Not everyone will pay attention. Some may listen. Some may even ask questions and lean into the conversation, but our responsibility is not the response. You're gonna hear me say it a million times this morning. Our responsibility is to go and make disciples. Christianity is a go and tell religion. Religion. Not a come and listen. It is go and tell. A pastor friend of mine said, I remember this. When I first started into ministry, a pastor I worked, Jim Bricker, in Greenwood, Indiana, church out there. I was probably 20 years old, so that was 25 years ago. He said, Matt, go with those who want to grow and bless the rest. And I was like, as I was reading this, that's just what came to mind. Man, he got that right out of this scripture. Go with those who want to grow and bless the rest. Every single one of us have been in those conversations. Trust me, you've had these conversations before where you're talking with somebody about life. You're, they're sharing what they're struggling through. Maybe it's a relationship with their spouse. Maybe it's a relationship with a family member or a co-worker at work or or an interaction they had it on Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> Nowadays, that's kind of what it is. Anyways, but they, they've had these instances where there's friction, right? They're struggling through this, and there's, ah, man, I just, ah, man, I'm struggling with this, and this person said this, or they did this, and now you're, you're talking through it, and you have this unique opportunity. I say unique, but it's, I mean, we have these conversations all the time where you're going to have an opportunity to speak the truth of God's word and the hope of the gospel into somebody's situation. As they're leaning in, and they ask you, this is great. When somebody asks you for your opinion, or someone asks for input, I'm telling you, that's the green light. (laughs) You're you're out there, you're having that conversation, and you're thinking, I'll just be honest, don't don't think to yourself, what would Oprah say? Don't do that. Don't think to yourself, what would Dr. Phil say? You know, I watched Dr. Phil the other day. Man, dude's smart, but he ain't Jesus. Right? Don't think, what would Pastor Matt say? No, say, hey, you know what? That sounds really, really difficult. Why don't we pray about that? Why don't we go to the Lord with this? I feel better with what Dr. Phil would say, Matt. Just Why is that so intimidating, right? We all feel it. No, go to the Lord in prayer. It is, man, God gives us these opportunities all the time, man. All the time. This morning, this sermon is meant to be one of the greatest challenges out of Scripture that we have. God is calling us to be a beacon of hope and a beacon of truth in a world that has taken truth and redefined it. God is calling us to share what he has for people, his love for people, and his truth. And I'm telling you, as society declines and as morality declines, we are going to -to face-to-face over and over again, and I'm telling you, you're going to be called names. You're going to be called bigot. You're going to be called racist. You're going to be called a Bible thumper or a Jesus freak or whatever it may be. We're going to be called names because this this coming up against the gospel isn't going to stop. In fact, if I'm reading the Bible correctly, it's going to increase more and more. And people need the truth. Share the truth with those that will listen. You know, one of the greatest struggles for the church today is to stay missional. To stay armed and ready to share the gospel. We have a tendency as a people to hide what we have and be quiet about it. And we're coming to a point in human history where that is just, or American history, where that is just not going to fly anymore. Society is coming up against what the Bible teaches. And we are at a point where we're going to just have to say, Stop! That is wrong. That is wrong because the Bible says it is wrong. Because our creator says it is wrong. And the government may say this. Science may say this. And, you know, great philosophers may say this. But God's word says this, and that's what I stand on. That's what I believe. This passive Christianity, this quiet Christianity, isn't going to cut it anymore. It is time that we stand up for truth, we say the truth, no matter what the cost. Are you willing to do that? Because there's no such thing as 99% Christian. There's no such thing as, God, I give you 99% of my life. When God says, give your life, he says, give me every single bit of it, every second of every day, 110%, not 99.9%. That's unacceptable. I want it all. And that's what happens in the next account that we're about to read, the story of John the Baptist's murder. Verse 14, King Herod heard of it. For Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he is Elijah. And others said he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, get this, this is, this is John going to the king, right? You talk about guts. You talk about rubber-meeting the road Christianity, rubber-meeting the road truth in the face of evil. It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias, Philip's wife, Herod's brother's wife had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you, up to half of my kingdom. Dude was messed up, obviously. And she went out and said to her mother, Herodias, remember she's the messed up one, you know, sleeping around. For what should I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately, immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother, Herodias. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Third feeling you notice is this. Evil will not tolerate truth. So be prepared and be courageous. Evil will not tolerate truth. Darkness and light do not share the same space. Truth cannot mingle with lies. When God has spoken the truth and clearly divided right from wrong, we must speak up and we must speak out. The world we live in will continually come up against what the Bible says is true and right. We don't get our morality from psychology. We don't get our morality from human history. We don't get our morality from gurus or dictators. We get our morality from our creator. That may be one of the most important paragraphs I've read today. We get our morality from our creator. We don't have the right or authority to decide what is right or wrong, what sin is and what sin is not. Only God does that. We have a responsibility to share the truth when we have the opportunity to speak up for what is righteous and true, not according to us, but according to God's word. There is a war waging, just waging right now, all over the place. And I'm not talking about a political war. I'm not talking about a war between nations or a war and family, I'm talking about a spiritual war that's been waging since the Garden of Eden. A war that is underneath all other wars that we see. A spiritual battle between good and evil. We're seeing it all around us. Sinful lust for power fuels nations warring, leaders abusing. Lust for pleasure without consequence fuels drug addiction, abortion, gluttony, and many plethora of other sins sinfulness left unchecked and unchallenged turns humanity in on itself the bible says it this way the wages of sin is death and that's the truth the foolishness of evil works itself out in statements and actions of absurdity let me say that again. The foolishness of evil works itself out in statements and actions of absurdity. It says things like this A biological man can be a woman. Simple biology just falls apart. Our society is trying to rewrite what God has written in stone literally written on stone tablets. We cannot turn away from the truth and expect things will go well. We can't stand idly by and not say something and do something and think things will work itself out. We have a responsibility. In all of the accounts in Mark that we've read today, truth has been challenged. Jesus being the Messiah, they didn't believe it. He's just that carpenter. He's just Mary's son. He's got brothers and sisters here. Then Jesus sent out the apostles to share the truth. And what does he acknowledge when he sends them out? Not everybody's going to listen. Listen, you're going to go to places. They're not going to hear you. What you do, dust off your sandals and move on. Move on to those who are going to hear it, those who are going to listen. John the Baptist called out Herod in his sin in Herodias their adultery he was beheaded at mission view church we believe the bible is god's holy word men's hands may have written it but god's holy spirit breathed it through them onto the papyrus it is a supernatural book that reveals to us the god who created us and his will and purpose for each of our lives When we submit to his word, his truth, and apply it to our lives, we find the power to live out the Holy Spirit-filled life. The life that he says is life more abundantly. When we look into his word, when we surrender to his word, his truth, we believe it so much that we share it with others, no matter the consequences, no matter the retaliation. We have one job, one job, go therefore and make disciples, teaching them and training them in what Christ has taught us. We sit on the most miraculous, amazing gift ever given to humanity, to any person who would give their life to Christ. We sit on the hope of humanity and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We have to share that with our neighbors. We have to share the truth with anyone who will listen. And their response isn't our responsibility. Our responsibility is to share that truth, to be the salt and light that God has called us to be. We're coming to a time in, human, in American history where sharing the truth will have consequences. And we have to be a people who are willing to bear the consequences of the truth. I mean, we, we think that we've, we've had a hard time in the past. I'm telling you, man, we haven't seen anything yet. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. Be prepared and be courageous. Be truth speakers. Now, speak the truth in love, right? Right? That's usually kind of being a struggle too. When people are coming up against us, we want to you know, fight back, right? No, no, no. We share the truth in love. And we trust God to do the rest. Amen? Mission view, that's our calling. We're going to be a missional church. We believe everyone has a mission. If this is your first time here, we believe you have a mission that God has set aside good things for you to do. That's what his bi- the Bible says, his word says. He has set aside good things for you to do. We believe that long before the world was created, long before time began, God knew your name and he had set aside these good things for you to do, that he loves you. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you that in that death, he would, he would take on the sins that we commit, take on the wrath of God in our place, that substitution for us and take on a sinner's death that you and I deserve and then defeat death and sin by raising and rising from the dead from the grave three days later. Jesus did that for me and you. And all it takes is to put your trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ. There is no good that you can do to earn your way into heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven who have put their trust in Jesus Christ. That's what we believe at Mission View Church. And if that's, you're hearing that for the first time, I invite you to put your trust in Jesus Christ. Like I said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. Trust him today. And Christians, brothers and sisters, mission viewers, go and share the truth. The world needs it more than ever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the strong call that we see that we would share the truth, be truth speakers, that we would share the good news of Jesus Christ, that it wouldn't just be a Sunday morning thing where we get together and sing a couple songs and, and read a couple verses, but God, we would live lives that are poured out for you. God, we pray, use us up for your kingdom. Leave nothing left in us. Take our lives, Father, every day, every moment, every minute. Use us for your kingdom and for your glory. We surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we sing this closing song today.